It's good to see everyone here today. Man, first and foremost, I do want to take a second and say just welcome to anybody that's hanging out with us for the first time or first time in a while. Can we give it up for everybody maybe joining us today maybe for the first time in a while? We are so excited that you're here, and um, I don't say that lightly. Our prayer is always that you would encounter so much more than a church. Uh, we like to say that we're family, and we come in at the doors. We lay aside all of our differences, and for a couple hours in here, uh, as we kind of join together, we just create a space for God to do something really special in our lives. And uh, I always say this, you showed up to church this morning, not because you're looking for more religion or you're just looking for somebody, something to do on a, a Sunday early afternoon. I believe we show up to this space because uh, we're all looking for more in some area of our life. You're looking for more maybe as it pertains to your relationships or your finances, maybe your physical well-being. And the cool thing about it is I believe that we believe in a God who desires that you live a life that is full of more than what you're experiencing right now. And so you may be going through a hard time. Uh, you may be discouraged today, but I believe you're in the right place. And I believe that we're going to leave uh, change different, better than when we walked in. You guys believe that today? Choose to believe that today. And uh, so we're so glad you're here. If you don't know, my name's Nick. My wife and I are part of our uh, pastoral team here. Uh, serve alongside my parents who started this church over 26 years ago. And uh, we're still here today. And... Um, they're actually uh, speaking at one of our other campuses, so we've been praying for them and know that God's doing something awesome uh, wherever they're at. You happy this morning? My, uh, my grandpa used to tell me, he always said, Nick, and I say, what? He said, you happy? And I say, yeah. He said, tell your face. So just reminding you, I got to look at you for, for, for the next 40 minutes or so. So are you happy? Yeah. Tell your face. Just look at your neighbor, ask them if they're happy, remind them to tell their face. Go ahead. Make it awkward. Introduce yourself. If you don't know them, just be real weird. It's all going to be okay. You'll make it out alive, I promise. So, so good. Amen. Well, I'm going to ask that we just open up in prayer. Uh, you know, this all means nothing if God doesn't meet us here and do what He and only He can do. And so let's pray and open our hearts. God, we just thank you for this space, for this place that's uh, a refuge for us, uh, for so many people. God, you know what every single person is going through today. I don't. And so I just ask that you would do what only you can do. God, that you would use uh, the simplicity of preaching to communicate to us, God beyond, God, beyond our intellect, beyond what we could understand with our natural mind. God, we ask that you speak directly to our hearts. God, I pray for people that are hurting and broken and lost and hopeless, anxious hearts, weary minds, that people would encounter you in the realest way. God, that they've ever encountered you before. We leave better than we came in. Our lives changed. So we just open our hearts to you today. In Jesus' name, everybody say it. Amen. Hey, if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to start reading a passage of Scripture out of the book of Jonah. We're going to look at Jonah chapter 1. And uh, if you've been a part of faith for any length of time, you're probably, probably somewhat familiar with the story uh, of Jonah. You probably heard it as Jonah and the whale. And uh, I'm going to read this passage of scripture. If you haven't heard it, it's going to be really fascinating to you. But then we're going to pull some, some thoughts, some ideas out of it. And I believe it's going to help us today. Uh, Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Go to the great city of Nineveh. Everybody say great city. And preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord, headed to Tarshish. He, ran, uh, he went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went uh, abroad and sailed uh, aboard and sailed uh, for Tarshish to flee from, from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and cried out to, to his own God, and they threw cargo into the sea to lighten uh, the ship. But Jonah had gone below the deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went into him and said, How can you sleep? Get up! Call on your God! Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who's responsible for this calamity. And they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked Jonah, Tell us who's responsible for making all this trouble. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? And Jonah answers and says, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Hebrew. And I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord. Because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. 
I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, don't let us die for taking this man's life. Don't hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you please. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Verse 17. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. Think about that. Like, I know you've heard the Bible story, but think about this. They throw him overboard, and God provides a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. This morning, I want to talk to you along the topic of how to deal with difficult people. How to deal with difficult people. I think this is an important topic for most of us because I think in our lives we're we're constantly dealing with difficult people. Have you ever noticed that some people are just a little extra difficult? Can I get an amen already? I've grown up in church uh, my entire life, as long as this church has uh, been around. And I'll tell you, you'll find some of the most difficult people in church. Some of the most difficult people. <laughs> you got to get an amen. Yeah, she's like, yeah. Sitting on the right and the left of you. Let me just give you a little bit of example. Uh, several months ago, I, I started a podcast. It's kind of my heart to do. And uh, it's a conversation podcast. I don't do it as a pastor. I do it as a person. And I believe it kind of creates a space for us to learn from each other. And so when we're setting up this environment that we decided we're going to shoot this podcast, that uh, we need some wall decorations. So I sent some of our team uh, to get some wall decorations. So we, we go and, and they bring back, one of them brings back this, right? So it's like this, <laughs> it's a gold goat head, right? Or whatever it is, some sort of animal skull, fake animal skull. Dude, talk about difficult people. The emails, the messages that I have gotten in regards to this, this thing, right? Like people are like, hey, what's going on? What's going on with you, Nick? I'm like, what do you mean what's going on with me? And they think, they, they, and I guess there's like some sort of satanic like people that like worship things like this. I'm a little concerned about you because, so you think that I'm into Satan worship because I have... Dude, it was on sale at Target and we needed a decoration. Like that's, why, chill out, bro. Like why you gotta be so difficult? I've had to deal with people like this my entire life in church. It's just, it's just how it goes. I've told so many lies to church people just to try and get them off my back, if I'm really honest with you. The struggle's real. I, wear, I have a skull ring that I wear. It's a ring that has a skull on it. <laughs> people are just crazy, man. They come up, what's going on with you? What's going on with this? Why you wear this skull ring? And so I'll have to drop some like Bible in there. I'll be like, well, Jesus was crucified on Golgotha Hill. Golgotha translated means skull hill. So Jesus was crucified on skull hill. So when I wear the skull ring, I'm reminding myself of what Jesus paid for. I'm no longer a slave to death. Can I get an amen this morning? That's a bold-faced lie. That's not why I wear this ring at all. Is it true? Yeah, that's true. But that's not why I wear it. I just wear because I think it's cool. Dude, I have tattoos. I'm sleeved on, on this entire arm. I have an owl at the top of my arm. What's going on with the owl? Why do you have an owl? What's the meaning behind this? I'm like, wisdom, bro. Don't you know that the owl stands for wisdom, bro? Like, people, man. Difficult people. Like, chill, bro. Like, just relax. Like, not everything is that serious. Like, it doesn't always have to be some deep, like, thing behind what, what's, what's going on. We have difficult people in our life. You probably might have a boss like this, a friend like this, a family member like this. You might have kids like this. I have kids like this. Any of your parents in this place have some difficult children? There's something about, <laughs> you like that one, huh? Get some amens going in here. It's something about, like, that three-year-old age, too. My oldest son, when he was three, like, we'd have guests over. We'd have people over to our house. And as soon as they would walk into the door, he'd drop, he'd drop down on all fours and start licking the carpet. It's like, boy, what's wrong with you? Like, what's wrong, what's wrong with you? You're difficult. My, 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 my youngest son is now three. And I don't mean to disturb you, but when he takes a number two, he just thinks he's making his own Play-Doh. I mean, he'll make hot. Don't, okay, don't say, ooh, this is my life. This is my reality, Okay. So don't act like you've never experienced. If, you, if I'm the only one, then we have some real issues. I mean, you'll find it in his toy guns. It's just, it's, it's, it's really disgusting. It's, it's, it's difficult. In life, you're going to experience difficult, difficult people. 
And uh, I think it's really important in life that we figure out how to navigate the ups and downs of dealing with difficult people because you're not going to escape them, yet they actually impact our lives. God is dealing with a difficult person in this story here. Jonah is the definition of a difficult person. He has divine, direct connection, relationship with God. He, uh, uh, he operates in the gift of a prophet. So God comes to him and speaks to him. I need you to go to Nineveh to accomplish this task. And Jonah basically tells God, no. Talk about a difficult person. We listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside. God comes and he speaks to him and he tells God, no, difficulty. We see how God responds to this situation. And I think we can learn something from God. And I really think it matters. I'm going to talk you through this this morning. And the reason why I want to time out to talk about it, it's really not something that I, uh, when I first thought about talking about this topic, I'm like, I really, come on, God, like, can you give me something else to talk about? But I feel like it's something that is so prevalent and uh, a part of our everyday life that it limits us really from the life that we desire. And I'm going to help you connect the dots this morning. But I believe that a lot of the things that we've been praying for, believing God for, are actually on the other side of learning how to navigate relational ups and downs, dealing with difficult people around us. So we learn from God and how God deals with Jonah. The first thing that you got to do in your life is, is, you're, is you're kind of attempting to, to deal with difficult people. Number one, you got to decide that you're going to deal with them. This seems way too simple, but there's so many people that rather than deal with the difficult people in their life, we just turn our backs on each other and run away. I'm so fascinated by the fact that God doesn't just go find another prophet to work through. It's like, God, you have other people that you can speak to, and yet you're determined to work it through with Jonah. Why? Because he's showing us a bigger picture. In life, you have to be determined that regardless of what happens between you and other people, the difficult people in your life, and I'm not really just talking about random people. I'm talking about your friends. I'm talking about your family members. I'm talking about your coworkers. I'm talking about your boss at that job. I'm talking about the person that's been in your family for years that it's really hard to be. I'm talking about we have to determine in my heart, first and foremost, that I'm not going to run from the people around me, but I'm going to determine in my heart that I'm going to work through that. Why, why, why does it really matter? The reason that it matters is because God has intended to connect you to the blessed life that he desires for you. Once, once you engage in relationship with other people, In other words, this is why I say sometimes the life that you're praying for, the things that you're believing for are actually on the other side of a relationship. And if I'm not committed to working through difficulties in relationships when things don't always go my way, when there's relational trauma, when we have disagreements, when we don't see eye to eye, I think a lot of us become frustrated in our lives thinking God doesn't answer our prayers and God doesn't care, but really he does. And they're on the other side of us being willing to step out and steward the relationships that he has given to us. How do I know? Because this is how God works. God made Adam and Eve in the garden. He says, everything is good, right? He looks, the birds of the air, they're good. The fish of the sea, they're good. And he looks at Adam, he says, the only thing that's not good is this. The only thing that's not good is the fact that it's just me and you. I need to make you a helper. And through your relationship, you'll actually enter into your fulfillment. You'll enter into the life that what that I've created and that I've designed you for. Some of you are believing for jobs. You're believing for things. And God's wanting to give you those things through relationships. But the problem is we're all flawed. We, we, we have difficulties. We have defense mechanisms. We don't say everything right 100% of the time. We say things that are offensive. Uh, we, we, we try to defend ourselves and do things that maybe we shouldn't do or say things that we shouldn't say that rub people the wrong way. But most of the time, if we're honest, rather than decide that, okay, I'm going to deal with this situation, what do we, most of the time do we do? We write people off. How many times have you heard, you burn me once, we're through? Right? Cross me one time and see what happens. I think we give up on each other way, way too easily when God is sometimes wanting to work through relationships. And a lot of times when you're able to work through some of the hard times, you actually grow and your relationship becomes stronger. I want to see us in the church, man. I think a lot of times, I see this so much of the time, uh, you know, we, we look at other people and we think, why does I, we, we create, we even create like spiritual excuses. Like, I don't want to hang around them because I don't want them to rub off on me and I don't want to become like that. If we're really, really honest, it's not really about that. They're just different than, than us and we don't like it. Man, if, if, if we're going to really have the life that God desires us to have, if you're going to have, if you're going to have the marriage that you really desire to have, 
If you're going to be in the financial position that you really desire to be in, if you're really wanting, if you're really desiring to have a full life, you're going to have to determine in your heart that that's only going to come through the context of having a relationship with God that you can't stop there. You have to be willing to engage in authentic, genuine, long-term relationship with the people around you. You got to be willing to fight for it. It's how, it's how God, it's how God works. The first thing that you got to do in dealing with difficult people is determining in your heart that I'm willing, I'm willing to deal with them. I'm not going to turn my back on them. The thing that you find out in life when we begin to embark on understanding each other, you begin to realize that we have a whole lot more in common than actually divides us. I got to be determined to deal with it. The second thing I have to do, and here, this is just real practical stuff, dealing with difficult people. After you determine in your heart that I'm going to deal with the situation, sometimes number two, kind of seems cross-grained, you got to be willing to give distance. You got to be willing to give distance. This is what this is what God does with Jonah. I find it fascinating. So so he 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 calls out to Jonah. Jonah, here's what I want you to do. You're gonna go to you're gonna go to Nineveh. You're gonna do this. Jonah says no. God doesn't find somebody else. He's committed to dealing with Jonah. And then what does he do? He gives Jonah space. He he doesn't run after. He doesn't zap him with lightning. That's what I would have done if I was God. Like boy, boy, I said something to you. You best do it. He, 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 he gives him space. How much in our life do we experience relational trauma, experience situations, and we run into those situations thinking we've got to deal with it now. Boy, you better get back here and sit down. We're going to talk through this, and we're going to talk through this right now. The problem is a lot of times we're running so high on emotion that the conversations are never even productive. Sometimes in life, once you commit to the fact, you know what, I'm going to work through this with my friend. I'm going to work through this with my spouse. Sometimes you got to have the maturity just to give a time out, just like God. Okay, Jonah, go ahead. I'll let you go ahead. Give you a little bit of a leash. Go ahead and start doing your thing. We'll, we'll give you some space. You know why it's important to create? You know why it's important sometimes to, to create this distance? You know why sometimes it's important to have that is because in life, sometimes the other person that you're really trying to work things through, sometimes they're not really ready to talk yet. I've experienced this so much in my life. I remember a time in my life where, where I really rebelled against all authority in my life. My relationship with my, my parents was horrible. And I told them, man, I, I don't want you guys in my life. I want to do things the way that I want to do them. I'm a grown man now. Like, let me live my life. And uh, it was funny because, honestly, if they would have said anything to me in that season, it doesn't matter how much they poured out their heart. It doesn't matter how many tears that they cried. It doesn't matter what scriptures they used to try to get me to see things their way. Because of the condition of my heart, heart, heart. I wouldn't have been ready or willing to receive it. Sometimes this is true in your relationships. Sometimes they just, they, they, they just need some space. After I've made the decision that, that I'm determined, man, to, to work this, sometimes you've got to give yourself just a little bit of distance, a little bit of space. The other reason is because sometimes you need it. Sometimes you're so, I tell our staff team this all the time, because we're committed to conversation. We're committed to talking things through. But anytime you find yourself in a situation, man, where you're emotionally charged, but we're no longer fighting for the same thing and fighting for the cause. We're actually fighting for our own way and for our own, our own perspective. Those are the times that I tell our team, you put a timeout on it right now. You put a timeout on that situation right then. And you say to them, hey, this, this conversation is getting a little bit emotionally charged. I need some time just to cool down and we'll come back and we'll talk about it later. What am I talking about? Sometimes you need, you need distance for God to be able to do what God and only God can do. To work in the other person. To work on the inside of your heart. This is what God does with Jonah. He decides that he's going to deal with them, and then he creates, allows a little bit of, of distance. It's funny, as the story continues, God first determines that he's going to, to deal with them. He creates distance, but then uh, God, sends, God sends a storm. This is kind of the next step in the process, but you can't send a storm. We're, we're, we're humans, and it's probably a good thing we can't send a storm. We've been sending one too many, right? So God sends a storm, but it's like, God, what's the purpose of the storm? It's obviously not to kill Jonah, because if you could have killed Jonah, you would have killed Jonah in the beginning. Like if it was just about stopping Jonah or mad at Jonah, he could have already killed him. So the storm's not to kill Jonah, and it's obviously not to scare Jonah, because Jonah's not bothered. He's in the bottom of the ship, the Bible says, asleep. So he sends a storm, and what is the byproduct of the storm? Everybody starts running around and starts talking. Everybody starts, starts, what, 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 what am I, they, they start talking about, hey, what's going on? What is this problem? What are we, what are we going through? Who's causing it? Can you call out to your God? Can you call out to your God? Can we maybe join our forces to try to figure out what this problem is? See, after you determine in your heart that you're going to deal with difficult people, sometimes you have to create some distance so that ultimately, number three, at some point you're going to have to engage in discussion. What am I talking about? Committed to conversation. And this is very, if you, if you, and why does this matter again? Let me bring it back to center. 
Because I believe there's things that you're believing God for that will only come to pass through the context of relationship. This is why this church has small groups. It's not just another program. No, no, it's a space for what? For people to come together from diverse backgrounds and to work through life's issues. Why? Because God does something incredible through the context of relationship. This is why we have to be determined to deal with the difficult people in our life that I'm not going to give up, that I'm not going to throw in the towel because there's things that I'm believing for. And the way that God works is he works through people. He's not just going to send it down from heaven like a dove. He's going to work through through a relationship, through a friend, through a family member, through a coworker. And so I I have to be committed then after I've created this space. At some point, we got we got to talk through it. we, we got to have conversation. Why? I always say it like this. People that you get frustrated with, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's impossible to hate someone whose story you know. When you get into conversation and you walk a mile in their shoes and you actually begin to understand why they're difficult, the things that happened to them as a kid, the people that abused them, the people that took advantage of them, the boss after boss after boss that fired them and, and, and talked down on them, all of a sudden, what happens? Empathy is birth. I begin to, I, I begin to understand you. And when I understand you, I actually see a little bit of me and you. I got to be committed to conversation. And man, we can get excited about this, but this is a whole lot easier said than done. The thing that I found out, here, here's how, you, how, how I'll say it like this. This is how, how you kind of know you're ready for the disgust part of this. How do, how do I know if I've given enough distance and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm ready to discuss? How do I know? I'm ready. I know I'm ready to discuss when I am in control of my emotions. Number one. When I am in control of my emotions and my emotions are not in control of me. Okay? And, it's, and it's not to say that those emotions won't come back in the conversation because sometimes they do. You ever, you ever done that? Like the devil butterflies just come back as soon as you start talking. You just, your jaw just starts chattering in ways you didn't even know. They can start chattering. Your, your voice gets... Don't you hate that when you're trying to give somebody like what for? And your voice is like shaking like a crazy person. Am I the only one that hates that? I, has anybody else ever been there? Oh gosh, that makes me laugh because I've done that so many times. Like you plan it out in your head and you think, I'm going to give it to him. And then you're like, I don't really. Uh. <laughs> oh, gosh, you shouldn't have done that to me. Like, you just feel so stupid, man. Gosh, why can't I hold my emotions together? Sometimes you have to be, once your emotions are in control. And that's not to say through conversation that your emotions aren't going to get engaged. Here's what I'm, lear- here's what I'm learning about conversation. is all conversation is good conversation as long as I'm determined to learn something from it. What, what does this mean? We, we may not see eye to eye. We may get into a conversation. I've started out conversations where they're good and I'm really calm and I think I'm cool. And then we just start yelling and I don't know what happened. And then I leave. And, but but, but here's, here's, here's how I refuse to allow a conversation to be wasted. I leave that conversation and I think to myself, what, what did I learn from that conversation? And if I learn something from the conversation, then the conversation is worth it. We have to be determined that despite the risk, that the, wor- that the, risk, the, the reward far outweighs the risk of any type of relational dispute or disagreement. We have to be willing to fight for each other through the context of discussion, conversation. It's the only way that things can get better. We, we, we want to, and here's here why we don't like it, I think, because we want to talk to God about it. And God wants us to talk, talk to each other about it. We have this human tendency to talk to people about what we should talk to God about and to talk to God about what we should talk to people about. It's, 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 it's the weirdest thing, but it's human nature. It's what we do. God, would you please fix this relation? No, you go reconcile yourself amongst your brother. You go, you, you go have a conversation with somebody and, 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 start, and start working things out. We have to be committed. If, if why? If you, if you want the John 10, 10 life, a life than you better. I've come that you may have life in abundance to the full till it overflows a better life than you ever dreamed. If you want that kind of life, it doesn't just fall out of the sky. You have to build that kind of life, which means I'm going to have to do more than just pray and huddle in a corner. At some point, if God says that it wasn't okay for it just to be him and Adam that we needed Eve, then at some point we're going to need each other. We're going we're gonna to need to set aside our differences to engage one another through conversation to find common ground. And I've seen it and I've lived it and I'm continuing to see it. That Man, when I say it's impossible to hate someone's story, you know, despite your political differences or your belief systems, when you have conversation, man, you really do begin to see that they are children of God too, whether they understand it or not. And we have way more in common. We're looking for a lot of the same things. And I believe it's the birth, it's the birthplace of change. 
How do I know? How do I know when I'm ready to discuss? Here's another one. I know I'm ready to discuss when I'm ready to do more listening than talking. How do I know when I'm ready to actually have conversation with these people in my life? When I'm at the place where I'm so, I'm not emotionally charged anymore. And I'm actually, I want to talk to them because I want to hear, I actually want to hear what they have to say. Rather than give them a piece of my mind and tell them what I've been wanting to say. I know, I know I'm ready to move on to this point of discussion when I'm ready to do more listening than I am talking. Here's the last one. I know I'm ready to discuss when, this is so, so important. When I desire to understand rather than defend. Like I really want, I, I, I want to talk this out because I want to understand what went wrong. I want to call my mom who we've been maybe going through a dispute or we've been estranged for years now. And I want to say, hey, I know, we, I know we both have reasons we don't like each other. But can we just, I at least just want to understand what you're going through. I want to understand what you're feeling. I want to understand maybe how we ended up in this position. What do we, this, this is how God begins to work in our lives. We have a God-given responsibility to work things out with one another through the power of talking. God gave you a, a mouth, but he didn't just give you a mouth to declare his blessings so that you can see them pop up in your life. He give, gave you a mouth so that you can engage with other people to build relationships so that his blessings could flow a lot of times through those relationships. What I mean, I know it's easy to guard the things that we believe in our ideals, but what if, what if really the thing that you've been praying and believing God for was on the other side of a conversation that you are dreading having? How bad do you want it? How bad do you, do you desire the life that God, God has for you? Are you willing to maybe set aside some of those things that, man, you've just been taught as a kid that you don't talk to people that come from those side of the tracks. You, you, you don't talk to people who do you wrong. They burn you once, you turn your, you, you've been taught, but, but are you willing to set aside what you've been taught to engage, engage in, uh, in conversation? To what? To find common ground. How, how do I deal with difficult people in my life? First thing, I got to determine that I'm going to deal with them. Second thing, sometimes I got to be willing to create distance. And then I have to be committed to reconciliation, which is what? The, the discussion. And how many times do I do that? Over and over and over again. Why? Because just because we do this once doesn't cause people to stop being difficult. But you actually learn something really, really important along the journey. It's funny because I think about Jonah, and Jonah starts out as the, the difficult person in this story. He starts out as the person who, who is the difficult guy that God is dealing with. But in the middle of Jonah being the difficult person, Jonah also encounters difficult people. Track with me. Jonah finds himself asleep in the bottom of the boat. There's a storm going on outside, and all of a sudden, here comes these boys waking him up from his nap. Has anybody ever been woken up from a nap? Bro, I'm trying to sleep in here. Huh? Have you ever been, like, husbands, you ever woken up your wife, like, mid-sleep, and you've seen, like, the dinosaur come out in her, and you thought they were extinct? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I thought those were extinct. Where did that come from? I can only, I can only imagine as, as Jonah's, the, 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 there's a storm going on, homie's sound asleep, and these people, they're not just saying, Jonah, wake up, we're going through a storm. Now they Jonah, wake up, what are you, what are you doing? We're going through a storm, and then they start, I mean, it's like 20 questions. Who are you? Where are you from? What kind of work do you do? What God do you believe in? Could you imagine just like, dude, like, chill out, like, leave me alone, I'm just trying. All of a sudden, this difficult person is encountering other difficult people. But, but, but the thing that you begin to realize along your journey, and it's almost a little bit of an epiphany, and I try to put myself in the text and, and think about what possibly could Jonah be feeling in this moment. He knew what God says. He knew he went the other way. He was finding, he was finding I'm just going to, it's my decision. It's what I've done. He's moving on with life, and he's encountering these difficult people in his life. As he's encountering these difficult people, I can only imagine what he begins to think as he begins to connect the dots. Why, why are you guys bothering me? And here he is frustrated with now these difficult people. I'm frustrated with these difficult people. And these difficult people are frustrated because we're in the middle of a storm. But if I'm honest, the storm is happening because of me. 
thing you find out about your journey and dealing with difficult people is most of the time the difficult person is me. You see, we've been reading the story as if we were God, but we're not God in this story. Who, who are we in this story? We're, we're Jonah, man. We're not, we're not God. We're not God in this story. We, we, we are, we are, we are the, 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 the difficult people. We find ourselves in these situations and it feels a whole lot better to say it's mommy's fault. It's daddy's fault. It's grandpa's fault. It's because, it's because I was born with the wrong skin color. It was because I was born on the wrong side. It's because of this or it's because of that. But at the end, at the end of all that, somehow, some way, if I look back a lot of times, a lot of times it point, it point, it points back, back to me. I'll never forget the time I sat down with, uh, I'll never forget the time. It was several years ago. I sat down with somebody that worked for me. And I was frustrated because this person was being a difficult person in my mind. I had a list of things that I wanted to let them know that they weren't doing right and weren't doing good enough. And I'm sitting them down and, uh, and saying, hey, I'm frustrated because this, 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 and this. And you're being difficult because I keep asking this and you're not making this happen. And I remember mid-conversation, this person says, hey, Nick, can, would it be all right if I said something to you? And I said, yeah. And they said, you're actually a very difficult person to work for. And I remember sitting there in that moment, here I am, frustrated because the person is just so, so difficult, confronted with the reality Maybe the reason that they were so difficult is because first, the difficult person was me. We look in the story of Jonah. The only reason they ended up in a storm in the first place is because Jonah did not heed the voice of God to go to Nineveh. Sometimes I think in life we get frustrated with our spouse. We get frustrated with our friends. We get frustrated around. We get frustrated. I've been nothing but betrayed in my life. Yeah, but you've also been spineless your entire life and never stand up for yourself and the person that God has called you to be. I think, I think, and, and I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to say this, this is the journey that every person that, that goes on the journey of how to deal with difficult person, difficult people at some point, guys. You're forced to come face to face with you. That most of the times in our life and most of the times in our situations, half of the problems that we're dealing with wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for the common denominator, me. I'm frustrated with my spouse, but I don't realize that I'm always nagging my spouse. I'm frustrated with, with, with my friendships, but, but, I, but, but I'm, not a, I'm not a dependable friend. Nobody invites me to anything, but at the same time, nobody can count on me for anything. And I'm, they're so difficult. I don't understand. So, yeah, yeah, but, 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 but if we really, here's, here's what I'm getting at. If, if you really want to deal with difficult people, the first difficult person that you have to start with is you. And I am preaching... You know, you know who I'm, uh, you know who I'm preaching to this morning? Me. Yeah. Because in reality, we are all difficult people. Because we have a nature working within us that was never intended to be there. We have idiosyncrasies. We have defense mechanisms because of our journey. We have personality traits and things that have a tendency. Have you ever been in a position? I don't know why I respond that way. I just respond that way and I just do this. And, 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 and I don't want to act like that. And we wouldn't tell anybody else that we acknowledge that we're like that. But within our head, we know all the problems, all the things that are wrong with us. And people think we don't know. So they let us know. And we just act defensive. But really, it's because we already know. You ever been there? You're like this, and you you know that they're right, but you defend the fact that they're that you, you want to defend like they're not because you already know, and it's your way of guarding yourself and protecting yourself because I already know I have that problem, but the problem is I don't know how to fix it. How do I deal with the difficult person when the difficult person is me? I think it's fascinating because the same journey that God shows us in His behavior toward Jonah is the same journey that He takes Jonah on as Jonah deals with Jonah. The first thing that you got to do in dealing with yourself, you know what you got to do is you got to determine that you're going to deal with yourself. 
So much of us, and so we, what do we do? We, 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 we try to point fingers at everything else, but it's not going to, our, 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 ex, the external can't be fixed until we fix the internal, right? You guys get that, right? My, my external relationships can't find reconciliation and resolve till I deal with the, 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 the source of, of, of the matter. And it takes, it takes extreme determination to say, you know what? I'm going to quit making excuses, Nick, and I'm going to start dealing with me. Maybe the problem is not your employees. Maybe the, maybe the problem is me. How much of my life am I going to excuse it and pray on my knees? God, why aren't you answering? Why aren't you answering? Why aren't you answering when the problem isn't that God isn't answering? It's that I'm not stewarding the thing that God has given me, which is me. Man, in your life, if you want to deal with difficult people so that you can move forward and have the life that God desires you to have, we've got to start with ourselves. And it's got to, it's got to start with a determination that I'm going to stop. Even, even if I could blame, I'm going to choose not to. That's what I'm getting. Even if I could say, but it's because I'm going to choose not to until I work on me to get things reconciled within me. I'm going to focus on me. I have to determine to deal with me. What's the second thing I got to do? It's to say, I got to give distance. Distance between what? I got to give distance to all the things that are causing me to not deal with me. Sometimes this is family members, well-meaning people that will tell you things like, oh, it's okay. It's just the way that you are. It runs in our family, bub. That's how we are, man. People aren't going to understand that. That's just, come on. That's just part of being a hand. No, no, no. I... I, I refuse. I refuse to settle for anything less than God's best in my life because I'm not willing to deal with me. No, I'm going to deal with me all day long. Why? Because there's, there's something that I'm after. There's a life that I want to build. There's next steps that I want to take. And I can't do it until I get me out of the way. I can't do it until I get me out of the way. Got to be willing to create distance. Sometimes it's it's social media, sometimes it's friends, sometimes it's family. I got to get rid of the noise. This, this is what Jonah does, right? He determines to deal with him. How does he determine to deal with him? Guys, you're going to have to throw me over this, over this ship. That's, that's the only way we're going to deal. I have to deal with me. The problem isn't you. Throw me over. It's me. It's, it's me. Sometimes that's the hardest place to come to. Like some of us, it would pain us today. Like I, it's, it was hard for me to say, you know what? It's, it's me. This is a me problem. To start there. And then to create distance and space is what Jonah did. He, he, what is distance and space? He finds himself in the belly of a fish. What am I talking about? Where, where there is no outside noise. Sometimes I got to take, take a break from this. I got to take a break from that. And I, gotta, I love you. And I know you mean well in my life. But you're keeping, you're, I know you, you, you think you're not. But you're really keeping me from the person that, that God wants me to be. So that I can what? Ultimately, number three, if I'm going to deal with me, I got to discuss with who? You're not talking to other people. You're not talking to yourself. Who are you talking? Who's Jonah talk to? He's in the belly of the well. He begins to talk to God. Because at the end of the day, and this is where I've really come to hang my hat. To say, you in your own strength can't fix you. This is why you have to be determined that, okay, I'm going to embrace the fact that this is me and I'm going to create space to where nobody is going to keep me from admitting the fact that it is because I'm determined to work on me. But at the end of that, I have to realize that I can't fix me. I need somebody who's greater than me. And I appreciate, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm a practical guy. Like I like things to make sense. But did you know you can't read enough self-help books to fix your problems? Is the, if you could have, wouldn't you already would have? How many books are there out there? Like if we could just read a book and all of a sudden just fix all my issues, then why isn't anybody doing it? Because we need something bigger than that. The thing that I found out on my journey to make God practical is that God's version of practical and my version of practical are two different things. <laughs> My version of practical is, God, I need it to make sense. God's version of practical is, hey, I need you to surrender. What? What? I need you, and I say this almost every single weekend, I need you to let go of your idea of how you think things should look. Surrender. But that doesn't seem practical. I know my version of practical and your, your definition of practical are, are, are two different things. Jonah finds himself in the belly of the well, and what does he do? He lifts his voice to God. And what does he say to God? Because if it's me in the belly of the well up to God, I'm going to start. I'm just, God, I suck. I'm horrible. I have all these issues and I don't know how to fix my issues. This is what, this is what Jonah does at all. I want to read you some of the things that, that Jonah actually says to God. 
He begins to lift his voice to God. <laughs> I think it's so funny because the Bible actually says, this is what it says. Then Jonah prayed to God from the belly of a fish. Like just imagine that, sitting in the belly of a fish. And he begins to lift his voice to God, but he doesn't talk just about his problems. You know who he talks about? He talks about his God. My head was all tangled in seaweed at the bottom of the sea where the mountains took root. I was as far down as my body could go and the gates were slamming shut behind me forever. Yet you pulled me up of that grave alive, my God. Where, when my life was slipping away, I remembered God. And my prayer got through to you, made its way to your holy temple. Those who worship hollow gods, God prize, they walk away from their one true love. But I'm worshiping God and calling out in thanksgiving. What, what am I getting at today? The way that you fix you is not by trying to fix all of your problems. The way that you fix you is by magnifying the name of your God. Because I'm here to tell somebody today that God is bigger than your background. God is bigger than the side of the tracks that you grew up on. God is bigger than the things that society wants to say disqualifies. God is bigger than your political preference. He's bigger than your race. He's big, bigger than your idiosyncrasies and your defense mechanisms and your loneliness. And he's bigger than your insecurities. He's bigger than it all. So, so what, if, I, if I really want to fix me, what do I got to do? I got to remind myself of the God that I serve. He's bigger than me. He's greater than me. And the one who made me is the one who has the, the only ability to fix me, to heal me, to what? To put the broken pieces of my life back together. This is what, this is what surrender unto God is. This is so much more than just sacrifice. You're not giving everything up. You're investing in the life that you dream of. You're investing in the John 10, 10 life. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I'm not that thief. I have come that you may have life in abundance to the full till it overflows a better life than you've ever dreamed. How? How? Can't get caught up with difficult people. And I have to be willing to first and foremost deal with the most difficult person. And that's me. I find it interesting that in the belly of a fish, I, I, I find it interesting that, that the Greek symbol that the early Christians chose to represent Jesus was the fish. I also find it interesting that Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days. Jesus was in the grave for three days. What, what am I talking about? Sometimes, how, how, do, how, do you, how do you reconcile these things that you can't fix on your own? You got to remind salvation. Jesus, when you, when he was not just your get out, out of hell free card. Man, he wanted to put the broken pieces of your life back together. When I read the Bible, I'm not just learning about God. I'm learning about me. I'm learning about who I'm supposed to be. I'm learning that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. I'm learning that God says that old things have passed away and all things have become new. I don't feel it, but it doesn't matter what I feel. It matters what God says. So when I find myself in the belly of the well, I'm not going to be talking about woe is me. I'm going to be reminding myself who Jesus is that long ago, 2000 years ago upon a cross, a man, a lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth found himself pinned to a cross, but it wasn't just him on the cross. He was symbolizing me on that cross so that every imperfection, who am I talking to this morning? So that everything in your life that was broken that you wouldn't have to put it back together you'd simply have to surrender it to the one that can it's important to man fight for our relationships to determine that, man, we're not going to let anything in this society. I'm not going to be the kind of person that just turns my back on my brother. I'm going to be determined. I'm going to be determined to deal. I'm going to create distance where I need distance, and then I'm going to have discussion. But before I can do any of that, I got to do it with me. And I don't know about you, but I have taken the risk to be vulnerable with you this morning, to say I am tired of living a less than life when God has provided through the sacrifice of his son for me to be able to live a more than one. And if that requires me to come face to face with ugly, unworthy me, then I'll do it all day long. To do what? To lift my voice and say, I am unworthy, but you have made me worthy. Some of you in this place, this, what am I talking about? You, you, what, I want you to think about this. We're about to, to practice this here in a second. What is the thing that makes you a difficult person? You already know what it is. What make, <laughs> what is the thing that makes you a difficult person? And what you have to do is in that place of what? Of distance. When you, when you separate yourself and you're willing to own it, 
you have to take that thing that makes you unworthy and remind yourself of the thing that Jesus paid for on the cross that makes you worthy. What am I talking about? I am unfaithful. Yeah, but he was faithful when I was not. God, you make me faithful. And I think in Christianity, it's easy to know that God sees us through the lens of a cross. That God, when he looks at me, that he sees me through the, through the, through the, through the lens of, of, of his son without any blemish. I think it's one thing to know that God sees me that way. It's a hard thing for me to choose to see myself that way. And I believe that's why so many of us are living less than lives. Because we believe in a God who loves us, but we don't even know how to love ourselves through the message of the son that he sent so that we would be able to. What am I getting at? You've been trying to fix yourself for, 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 for a long time. What if you just dared to believe that Jesus already fixed you when he was on the cross? What if you just allowed Jesus to be the center of your life? What if you just allowed yourself, like being swallowed up in the fish, allowed your life to be engulfed in Christ? Not what society says, not what your friends say, not what your feelings say, not what the people around you say, not what your family members say, but what the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth says. What does God say about you? I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm going to ask this band to begin to sing. And if this is you today and you're wanting to take steps and I'm the first one, to raise my hand to say I want to deal with me God I want you to help me work on me I don't want to spend my life just chasing and pointing fingers at other people I'm going to ask you to make a bold move right where you're at and just stand to your feet and begin to worship as this band begins to lead us I don't know about you but I'm tired of pointing my fingers at other people and acting like life's going to get better no God I want to come to terms with the fact that God you have created a space for me to be better God than I could ever be on my own so I choose I choose to reach for something that's greater can we lift our voices and just begin to worship God. God, we lift our voices and we remind ourselves of who you say we are. I want you to envision in your mind right now. I want you to envision in your mind that thing that makes you a difficult person. And in your mind right now, I want you to replace that with who God says that you are. If you've been unfaithful, you remind yourself that God sees you as a faithful servant. If you feel because you're unlovable, you remind yourself that you're loved. You're not worthless. The lamb who was slain is for you. Jesus, Jesus paid it all. Over 2,000 years ago, why are you living down there? Come up here. Come up here. There is more. Yes, God. somebody somebody's thinking here yeah but I don't I don't I don't feel it I'm here to tell you that's the point you've been trying to feel it you've been you've been trying you've been trying to if I can just if I can just and you you can't fix it because it's only found in what in, in true surrender in allowing that this what am I talking about how do I fix myself by acknowledging the fact that I can't fix myself it's it's not stop trying it's it starts surrendering until you come to the end of you, you have no need for a savior. Until you come to the end of yourself, you have no need of Jesus in your mind today. And how do, how do I deal with all that? I acknowledge that I can't deal with it. I can't deal with this difficult person. That's why I need you. That's why I got to remind myself who he's made me. That's why I can't be just surrounded by the words of this world. No, 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 no. I have to find security and stability in something, in something that's greater than me. What does this mean? It doesn't, it's not always going to make sense. This has been the struggle of my life because I want God to fit into my box and my God can't be contained by a box. It's, 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 this is why he, encur he encourages people that are like me. Hey, Nick, I know you want to figure it all out, but that's why I say things in the Bible like my ways, they're way higher than your ways. You're not going to get it, bro. 
And, and my thoughts, bro, they're way higher than your thoughts. You, you're, you're not going to get it. Let's not forget how this whole situation started with Jonah. God says, go, go to the, the great city of Nineveh. This is probably why Jonah didn't want to go there. It's already a great city. You, 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 you read the actual, the, the, the context of that society. It was wealthy. People's relationships seemed to be flooring up from the outside looking in. It seemed like, why would I go there until everything is working for those people? It doesn't, it, what am I saying? It doesn't make sense. And sometimes when we turn our backs on things because it doesn't make sense, we create problems in our future that could have been avoided if we would have just done the right thing in the beginning, which is what? To live, to live, <laughs> this is my message, man, to live a life of, because I've tried to do it the other way. And I still try to hold on. But it's a life of surrender. It's a life of, it doesn't make sense, but I'm going to trust you anyway. My, my mind can't, my intellect can't grasp it. <laughs> I wish it was a whole lot cleaner and I wish I could predict where I'm going to be in three years. And I wish I could, what's the plan? What's the plan? I, I wish, but God, you know what? I'm going to surrender. I'm going to let go of my idea of how I think things should look. I'm, going to, I'm actually going to quit trying to fix myself and my own strength. How do I deal with difficult old me? I determined that, okay, I'm going to acknowledge that I'm the problem here. I'm going to create space and shut off those outside voices. But then at that point, when it's me and God, I'm going to say, hey, I know I said I'm going to fix this, but I can't fix this. I need you. And I'm just one of those guys that has the courage to believe that if I'm going to spend my time showing up to church on Sunday morning talking about a great big God, then this great big God better be real and he better show up and he better work in my life. And I don't want less than everything that he has for me. I don't want less than, than the very best that God has for me in, in, in my life. And I dare you, I dare you to be bold about going after the life that God has for you. To not settle for religion or what's just, just society's version of Christianity looks like. No, if God says, man, if he, if he says that your life can get better, if you can have a life better than you you've ever dreamed, sign me up, God. And if that takes me confronting ugly old me and dealing with me and saying, Hey, I can't, I can't micromanage my life on my own. I got to remind myself of who you've made me, who you've made me, who you've made me to be. Just close our eyes together. Let's just take a second. We can go back to our, our lives, everyday lives, whatever after this, but let's just, I mean, you're here. Can you just maybe internally let go? We all know what that's like to be like towards the end of a service. We're like, okay, I think this is almost over. But I'm talking about just 30 seconds. Just like internally in your emotions say, okay, God. I'm talking to the skeptic in here that you think, I don't even know if there is a God. Okay, can you just give him a shot? Can you just let go for a second to say, okay, God, if you're real. God, I just pray that you show yourself in such a real tangible way. God, we're not moved by feeling. But God, I ask that in this, in this place that you would create experience for people to be able to know, to feel something that is just more than what is. God, even as this band begins to lift their voice and to sing, God, we just acknowledge we need something that's bigger than us. God, we've been trying to fix ourselves for, some of us, decades and decades and decades. And if you haven't been able to fix yourself yet, what makes you think that you're ever going to? That's not the pressure of God to fix you. The whole message of Christianity is that we couldn't fix us, so he sent the ultimate fixer. But in order for us to receive the fixer, we have to surrender to the fixer. Meaning, God, I can't, I can't read myself out of this one. I can't organize myself out of this one. I need heaven's involvement in my life. God, meet us. I, we choose to believe. We choose to see ourselves. Some of you choosing to see yourself through the lens that God sees you. You know God sees you as forgiven, but you don't see yourself as forgiven. You know that he, he separates your sin as far as the east is from the west, that he don't remember it anymore. But you keep remembering it, and it's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. I'm talking about the thing that you've allowed to become your identity. The thing that you did that you never should have done, and you regret it every single Let it go. Let it go, bro. God, God doesn't see it like that. Quit seeing yourself like that. He still has a... He can put the, even those broken pieces he can put back together. Yeah, but it seems irreparable. But my God is in the business of taking broken pieces and putting broken people back together. Your situation isn't a match for my God. He's bigger. He's bigger. 
Jesus, we choose to believe it. God, we ask that the power of the cross would be evident in our life. That the blood that Jesus shed, God, that it wouldn't be for naught. We receive the power of the cross into our life, into our relationships. We remind ourselves who you say we are. God, not who society says we are, not who family says we are, who you say we are. I'll say this last thing and then we'll move on. Refuse to allow the breakdowns in your past to keep you from the possibilities of your future. And I believe there's somebody just specifically here today. There's people in here that because you encountered a divorce along in your journey and it's overwhelmed you because you almost feel like you walk around with a scarlet letter because it's never the person that you thought that you would be. And so it limits you from the beauty that God has before. He has a family for you. But you'll, you'll never experience the thrill of God's restoration until you let go of your regret. Ah. You, you'll never experience the thrill of God's restoration until you let go of your regret. I don't know who that's for this morning. I'm talking about the things that haunt you. You'll never experience the thrill. I'm telling you, he can blow your mind. You don't think you deserve it, but that's not what this game is about. This is not about you deserving it. God takes broken. This, it, this, is, this, is, this is who he is. He takes brokenness, and when he touches it, it's not broken no more. <laughs> That's the God we believe in. He takes, how? I don't, I don't know. I want to know too. That's the journey with God, that I trust that he is bigger and greater, and that's why he is God and I am not. How come I can't, because he, how can I can't figure it out? How come we can't understand it? Because he is God, and I am not. challenge you today we're big in our society on being open-minded i think on almost everything except when it comes to the reality of who god desires to be in our life we're comfortable with god being the wind and the air and the roses and the universe and all this kind of stuff and that's cool but we're comfortable with it until god wants to get in the middle of everything that you are and turn it upside down so that he can give you the life that you were created to have I dare you to be open-minded in the right way. What am I talking about? Letting go of your fears, letting go of your worries, letting go of the things that have kept you from moving your life forward. Listen to me. That season is over and a new one is straight ahead. You've heard this. This sounds cheesy, but you've heard this a million times. Don't allow this chapter in your book to be the entirety of your story. Okay? Don't allow it to be the, you, you, what am I getting at? You choose. That's why this, how to deal with difficult people and dealing with yourself is because a lot of times it's, it's not God limiting our lives. It's not even the devil limiting our lives, guys. A lot of times it's us. It's interesting because the devil's not omnipresent. So we talk about God, like the Holy Spirit. God can be with all of us at the same time. The devil can't do that. So that means we're blaming the devil for a lot of things that probably he isn't causing. We're making him more powerful than he actually is. Why worry about the devil who is against you when you have a God who is for you? So I'm here today to be the first one to say no more excuses for me. And I dare you to join me. In what? In taking steps forward and building the life that God has created us to have. One last time, would you bow your heads, close your eyes. Maybe you're in this place. You've never made a decision to place your faith in Jesus. It's really the fundamental foundation of what we're talking about today. We believe uh, that we spend forever somewhere. That when we die, that we are eternal beings. That we spend forever in heaven or in hell. And uh, it's really simple. We believe what the Bible says. And the Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. John 3.16 says, for God so loved you that he sent his son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish, 
but they would have everlasting life. If you want to make a decision to place your faith in Jesus, I would love to lead you in that prayer this morning. And I'm not going to try to talk you into it. I believe your heart compels you to do so. But I am going to ask everyone, as a church family, we're a family, nobody prays alone. Can we lift our voices and just say this prayer out loud? Would you mean it today? Say this, say, Jesus, today, I believe in my heart. I say out of my mouth, you're the son of God. I believe you lived for me. I believe that you died for me. I believe you came back from the dead for me. So I call you my savior. You are my savior. I am not. So they say, help me to live the life that you made me to live. Say, God, help me to build my best life. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.